series, learning who we are in Christ because of him. We are letting go of what the world says we are. And we are beginning to dress ourselves ultimately in Christ. This morning, I hope to, to put some more on to, to show us who we are and the power and the authority and responsibility that we have because of who he says, of who he has made us to be. Amen? Amen. Um, walk with me. We're going again in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. We, we're not going to get far. We're still dealing with royal high priest, but I'm going to add, I'm going to add a little bit to it. Amen. And then we're going to show a picture, give us a picture of what God, what this means. It reads, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. We're not going to get no farther than that, but I'm going to read on. A holy kingdom. Kingdom. Because God thinks in kingdom. Got me. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Who once was not a people but are now the people of God. Hallelujah! That's something to shout about. Who had not attained mercy but now you have attained and you have mercy. Hallelujah! Amen. The thought that I have this, this morning is dressing in your God-given identity. God-given identity. Not world-given, but God-given identity. And watch this, watch this. So take off your grave clothes and put on Christ. Father, even now, Lord, even now, move Tracy out of the way and allow there to be a pouring out of you. Allow me just to become your instrument. And so saturate this place. So saturate this place that we can't help but hear and receive what the Spirit is saying. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Lord, speak. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Many times when we approach the Bible, we have to remember that they were not born in the 21st century. <laughs> 
we have to remember that that they, they were in the first century, that, that they were writing from a concept that we really don't understand. Peter is a Jew. Uh, uh, Paul is a Jew. They were called Messianic Jewish, which means they were Jewish believers. So they have a background that we don't have. They have an understanding of the Old Testament that we don't understand. And many times in their thinking, in their writing, they will come from their experiences, their understanding, their knowledge. And, and it's deeper than what's on the surface. Okay, now, 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 in the congregation that they're writing to, even if they're writing to Jewish congregation, there was Jewish people sitting there who could explain to them what it meant. Peter has given us a picture, and all these pictures are coming up from a Jewish boy who's been taught in the Jewish tradition, and they are deep, they are deep, they are profound. It shows Jesus in the Old Testament, and it shows what God has done for us. And without explanation, it has little meaning in our concept. Well, when Paul talks about a chosen generation, and what he's saying is, or Peter talks about, he said that you have been picked out by God before the foundations of the world. God looked into the future and picked you. Oh. Oh. Listen, in spite of us, God still picked you out. Let me help you out. You didn't find God. God had already picked you out. Hallelujah. You know, know what's so amazing about God? It had nothing to do with you. It wasn't that you was good. It wasn't that you had potential. It wasn't about how gifted you was. God just said, I picked you, I picked you, I picked you, I picked you. You're usable. Matter of fact, sometimes God reached down to the lowest point and picked those that nobody else would pick and said, I'll pick you. (laughs) I know I'm right about it. If you really knew my story, you wouldn't pick me. But thanks be to God. He looked past our faults and picked us anyhow. Somebody ought to give God a shout. Tell your neighbor, he picked me. I'm chosen. I'm elected. That's something to shout about. You know, it's funny about the things we shout about that ain't that important. It's funny how we show so excitement about earthly things and God is sitting there saying on Sunday morning you didn't shout about me. (laughs) So this is your time to shout. He he chose me. He picked me. Hallelujah. Are you covered by the blood? Hallelujah. When, when you talk about being a royal priest, uh-huh. only Aaron's children 
and bloodline could be priests. It doesn't matter who else wanted to be priests. If you didn't have the right bloodline, you couldn't be priests. Hey, y'all, y'all, y'all understand what I'm talking about? Listen, listen, listen. It was a high calling. It was a calling of power, authority, and responsibility. With this scripture, Peter is saying, as they were in the Old Testament, so are you in the New Testament. He, he said, I have given you a place that can't be duplicated. I have given you authority with God. I have, I have lifted you high on earth and set you in heavenly places that you can touch heaven right where you're at. That you can touch the other side of the world if you open up your mouth. You know, you know, many of us, because we walk by sight and not by faith, because we don't see it, we don't believe it. But if you was ever to gird up your faith and trust God at his word and take your proper position, you can change some things. You can direct some things. You can orchestrate some things. God is waiting on us to walk in what he has called us Tartianus, I got power. In the name of Jesus, I got more power than what I realize. I got more power than the President of the United States. I got more power than all the forces in the world. I got, I got, I got, I got because of him. Because of him. Because of him. Can, can we, can we, can we for a moment go Go to the born Old Testament. The reason why it's born because we don't have no understanding of it. But if you ever opened up your heart, turn with me to Exodus 24, 28, 2 and 5. This, this is what it says. And you shall make his talk. God is talking to, to Moses. Because Moses was a prophet. And to the rest of the people of Israel, he was like a Christ. Not the Christ. He was a type, a like, a symbol of what Christ was going to be for everyone. Y'all got me. He is a symbol of what's going to come. Okay, so, so, so Moses is acting to Aaron as Christ acts to us. Yeah, y'all get me. He is putting the stuff on Aaron as Christ has put it on us. He is the one who dressed Aaron and his sons in their priestly outfits. They did not dress themselves. Moses took head it made and put it 
on them. Very important. Watch this. You can't bring your stuff. Your stuff won't work. You have to take off your grave clothes because all we got is dead stuff. So whenever you come with your stuff, know that whatever you bring is dead. I'll shut your mouth. Listen to what I'm saying. Because I said, how can you bring that which don't have life and expect God to accept it? God is not playing with good and bad. He's playing with spirit and flesh. And whenever we bring anything of ourselves, it's flush. Flush is dead. So Aaron could not do anything but receive what had been given to him. And he couldn't even put it on himself. What are you dressed in? <laughs> Because to be honest, the, the problem with the Christian is we're still trying to walk in our own stuff. There's a spirit and flesh battle even on Sunday morning. I wonder how much of our worship was accepted. Because, because, because if, the, if the spirit wasn't worshiping and it was the flesh, God said, that's dead. That's... So walk with me. So, so, so you shall make garments for Aaron, your brother. Listen, look what he says. I see it as glory. For glory and for beauty. What did we lose when Adam and Eve sinned? They fell short of his glory. You thought it was good and bad, and it was glory. Glory is who he is. The Ten Commandments is not good and bad. It is explaining to us the character of God. So now, after they sinned, they lost his glory or his character, and he no longer saw himself. Let me ask you a question. How can we bring to God ourselves and expect it to be accepted as his glory? How can I say this? You need to hear preaching done with good and bad. Why? Because we're bringing human concepts and putting it in the Bible. Without understanding what God is saying. So now we got a mixed message. We got Christians who are trying to live good enough to get God's approval instead of knowing that they already approve. Watch, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. The more I lift myself up, the more I bring Christ down. 
See, because if I bring my stuff, I'm saying that, that at least what I bring, Christ is not needed. But when I realize I don't have nothing, when you realize you can't do it, when you realize you can't live it, it puts you in a position of total need. So you come saying, I come just as I am, and I need all that you got. Hmm. <laughs> Let's move on. I said, I said, he said, he said, he said, but when you dress in me, when you dress in what I have for you, I see you as glory and beauty. Hold on. If you are in Christ right now and always, he sees in your spirit glory and beauty. Hold on, hold on. Now nah, we can. Uh, we didn't get a big enough clap. You know why? We are still stuck in the flesh, and we didn't hear what I just said. If we could ever get in our psyche, in our paradigm, that God sees you right now as glory and beauty in your spirit, it would give you a new attitude. Your identity would change. What happened in the past won't even bother. You know, time is out to quit blaming your mama and your daddy. And I know that they did all that. But at some point, you got to forget the past and walk in what God has for you, what he's done for you. What he's doing in you. <laughs> okay, next, next verse, next verse, next verse. What's this? What's this? So you shall speak to all the gifted artists. What's this? God said, I'm not even trusting you to bring your own gift. I'm going to fill them with my wisdom and my giftedness and they're going, to walk, they're going to work building this outfit in a supernatural way. Natural ability can't... Did you know God don't need your natural ability? And even if you do have natural ability, he still have to add to it supernatural. You should not be functioning in the natural in church. I don't care what you do in church. If you're not doing it by the Holy Spirit, let's go on. Stop here. And I remind, Sister Arnez, where you at? Sister Arnez, is she? Thank you. Let me tell you why I'm thanking her. Today is the last day that she's going to do women's ministry because she got to take care of her mom. Her mom has Alzheimer's. I've been there. Well, my mom forgot how to walk. I had to put her in the, in the nursing home, and I would go about every night, and this was the sum of our relationship. She would hold out her hand, I would hold out my hand, and we would watch TV, and she didn't even know what was going on on TV. Please pray for her. Please pray for her. The one thing I knew, she was expecting me to come every night. And even though there was no communication going on, 
It said from high, maybe. Just the fact I held her hand. You know? Okay, let's go on. We are praying for you. Amen. My sis. Okay, let's get back. My sis. He said, and they may make Aaron's garment to cut, to set. God has set you. Listen, this is, this is what God is saying. This is what I've done for you. Instead of Moses, it was Christ. Instead of gifted people, it's the Holy Spirit. That is closing you and putting on you Christ. This is not you doing it, me doing it. This is not religion. This is supernatural. Y'all see where I'm at? Let me hurry. I says, and he that he may what's it, minister to me. You know what God is saying? When he's ministering for people, he is really ministering to me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you ever saw that we're not doing this for people, but we're doing it for him, though we're doing it to people, it would change the way we do it. See, when you're doing it for the Lord, you can't pick who you minister to. When you're doing it for the Lord, you're going to give it the best you got. When you're doing it for the Lord, you won't do it with a nasty attitude. Like what he's saying. He said, this is for me. Why are you thinking about folks and, and putting self in it? He said, you are ministering to me. <laughs> this is us. This is what he wants to call. Can you imagine the power? The power. Next verse. Is that it? Do I need to go on? He said, and these garments which they made, breastplate, ephah, roll, skillfully woven, tonic, tarmac, sash, they shall make holy garments. Y'all got that. Okay, let's go to Levi. Uh, no, I don't want Levi. I want Exodus 29. 19 and 21. This is what I want. Levi, we may hit later, but not today. Okay, what's this? And you shall take of another round, and you shall place his and his son's hands on their hands on the head. Let me tell you what's happening. Transference. <laughs> this is what he's saying. I am taking the sins of the people that you representing. And I'm using your hands to transfer the sin to the realm so I can judge the realm and not judge you. You know what happened on the cross? Transference. Transference. Oh, y'all don't don't get me. Y'all don't get me. Y'all don't get me. Get me. He, he took all the sins of the Old Testament saints, all the sins of the, of the, of the, of the, of the current saints, all, and the future saints, and, and God touched, he touched us and touched Christ, and there was a transference. 
That's the only reason why God hasn't judged you because he touched one hand on Christ, one hand on you, and he took all your sins and transferred it to Jesus and judged Jesus in your stand. Next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse. And then, watch this. Then the very realm that they lay their hands on, you shall kill it. Hold on. Don't you see Christ in this? Don't you see the gospel in this? Don't you see what happened on Calvary in this? Listen, it's the same story over and over again. So I don't know how people miss it when God keeps on telling the same story. Put some of the blood on the tip of his ear, tip of his right. Right side is a hand of power. Right hand, right tongue. And I never noticed this before. The first time I noticed this. I, I knew this, I, but, but I never noticed this. He said, now take the blood, sprinkle it on the altar or the mercy seat. And then I want you to take the anointing oil and the blood. That's what I'm saying. And sprinkle it on Aaron. And his sons before they come into the holy holies. Let me let me explain to you. When they walk into the presence of God to make a sin offering for the people, once a year they were a bloody mess. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Hold on, 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 hold on. Y'all don't get it. Give me the picture of the high priest. Give me the picture of the high priest. I, I think you got it. Give me the picture. Let me show you what God did. Our God is not a cheap God. Under that turban is a golden crown made out of 100% gold. Royalship. Kingdom. You don't know it. But God sees you got a crown on. <laughs> you got a crown on. Hold on, listen, not 24 karat gold. Hold on. God, God doesn't deal with cheap stuff. Don't tell me our God is a God of poverty and poorness. Our God is a God of increase. The thing is, can he trust you with increase without you making your material stuff your God? I see that. Hold on. Now, now, now right here, which connects the ephod, and the ephod is that, is, that, is, that, is that thing with the different, it got diamonds, it got rubies, it got, it got, it got jasper, it got a tozar. Listen, it's 12 different stones, and it sits over his heart. You know what he's saying? You know what Christ is saying? I got you in my heart. 
Aaron is a type of Christ also. So when he walks in, and he walks in with the 12 tribes of Israel, which is the 12 sons of, 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 of Jacob, what he's saying is, I got everyone. I remember you by name. Y'all know that song is, you know me by, you know my name. Hallelujah. So that, that he know my name. That, that's a, he know my name. And that is saying he knows everything about me. Now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Those are precious stones, not just any stone. Listen, and though they are different, he says they are one. And listen, and, and the setting it is in is made out of pure gold. Huh. You know what God says? God says, I count you so precious, I have even set you in precious. The color of the robe is purple, blue, and scarlet. Royalty. Gold represents purity. And what he's saying is, I, I, my work of the Holy Spirit is I'm purifying your heart. That's why it's set over the heart. Y'all got me. I mean, I mean, ain't God awesome? Ain't God, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, up under the turban, he got, I forgot the name, but it's somewhere right here on his forehead, and it represents Israel, which means God said, Christ said, I got you on my mind. So I said, I got you on my mind. I got you in my heart. I just got a question. I just got a question. Have you ever been loved like that before? No. <laughs> no. No. Okay, 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 okay. I got another question. I got another question. Since he loved us like that, how we been doing in the love category? Yes, I think I think I think we need to raise it up a little bit, don't you think? I think we need to turn it up. We need to turn it up. Notice what I'm doing. I'm taking an Old Testament picture and showing you Christ in it. In every Old Testament picture, somewhere there is Christ. It all points to him. Okay, okay, okay. okay let, me, let me go through it. Here right here is Anox, Anox. And there are stones that is holding it together. And what I said, and on their stones, the six oldest brother names is written on the right shoulder. Uh-huh. And the younger brother, the sixth younger brother, is written on the left shoulder. So guess what? He walks in with their names on him. You want to talk about interceding? You want to talk about, want to talk about Christ loving you? He walks in the presence of the Holy of Holies with your name on him. With your name on him. Okay, I'm almost through with this part of it. Let's, 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 go, let's, let's go down to the bottom of the robe. Now, on the bottom of the robe, 
is bells that are made out of, again, 100%. Oh, y'all got, got that. <laughs> oh, y'all got that. Okay, thank you. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. It's, it's, it's a bell, then there's a pomegranate, a picture of a pomegranate. A bell, a picture of a pomegranate, all the way around the road. They go, hold on. Thank you. Y'all so good. Let's give a hand to the media ministry. Y'all so. You know what? Sometimes I feel sorry for the 8 o'clock because all this stuff, I come up as I preach it, and they go find it to give it to you. Okay? Amen. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. The pomegranate represents fruitfulness. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That is a pomegranate cut in half, and those are the seeds. It is a plant or a fruit that has more seeds in it than I think of any other fruit. God specifically says, what I want in all of your lives is increase, increase, increase. Fruit, fruit, fruit. So I'm giving you seeds. Listen, I'm not giving you fruit. I'm giving you seeds because it's your responsibility to raise the seeds in the fruit. Listen, it's perpetual. The more fruit you get, the more seeds you have. The more seeds you plant, the more fruit you get. The more fruit you get, the more... Hmm. You know what he's saying? This is ours in Christ Jesus if we take advantage of it. Y'all with me? Okay, okay, okay. Now watch this, watch this. Now all this expensive stuff, all this labor, all of this, they asked, Moses took the blood and the anointing oil and he covered it. Yes, sir. You know what that tells me? That it was only war once and they had to make it again. He don't come with old stuff. God always breaking something new. There ought to be a fresh anointing. There ought to be a higher anointing. There ought to be increasing your anointing. You know, you got to quit talking about what God did 20 years ago. There ought to be something he's doing right now. There ought to be some blessings you walking in right now. God ought to be showing you something that you never seen before. God went down low into your spirit. Okay, I'm almost finished. But, but I, I got to talk about it. There's one more other thing I got to talk about. There's one more other thing I got to talk about. Within the robe was two stones. Commentaries have, they really don't understand what they are. It's called Urim and Theum. Now, they are made the same, but they are of different material. Now, notice where they're at. They're in a satch 
They are in a pocket over the priest's heart. And when he went into God, he took that with him. Oh, did I forget to tell you the reason why he's wearing bells? The reason why he's wearing bells, because if he messed up and did something he wasn't supposed to do, he would drop dead in the presence of God. So watch this. So you couldn't go get him, because then you would drop dead. So you would pull. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Something just hit me. Something just hit me. We stand between death and blessings. It's what he said to the children of Israel. This day I set before you blessings and curse. You choose. But whether you believe me or not, you choose. What's what I'm saying? Some of us, the reason why we keep on knocking our head against the wall is because of what we're doing, thinking, acting. We're planting our own seeds of death, and then we blame God. Hold on, what's what I'm saying? No, no, I never saw this before. God is downloading this to me right now. He said, listen, the bells represent death because he didn't do what I told him to do. And the pomegranate is the blessing if he just trusts me and obeyed me. Israel said, I set before you life, increase, and death. You choose. I want you to choose life, but I can't make you choose I think we need to rethink some things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on. Watch this, watch this, watch this. The Yom and Theom, they were rocks. This was something, and this is what I believe. This was something that wasn't believe. Because the Holy Spirit wasn't in them, they didn't get guidance like we got. So many times the high priest will go, listen, a priest goes to God on behalf of the people. He makes intercession. He got incense. He prays. He can talk to God. So he will put those rocks there, and they had the ability of being, they was translucent. So God will answer yes and no by the rock that will illuminate. <laughs> Hold on, let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Because some of you are thinking, I wish I had those rocks. Really? <laughs> really? Really? No, no, no. You know why? Because if you would sensitize your spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you to give you guidance. He will let you know. He will direct your steps. He will give you explanation. He will order your steps if you trust him. But, but because a lot of times we are more in the flesh 
then we are the spirit. And if you are in the flesh, you can't hear the spirit. If you are all up in your emotions and your feelings, you can't hear the spirit. You know what? At some point, you got to get sick and tired of you. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Somebody didn't hear that. Somebody didn't hear that. Somebody didn't hear that. Yeah, you know, you know we went real good saying, I'm sick and tired of you. Well, when are you going to get sick and tired of you? I know somebody just said, I'm sick and tired of you, preacher. Well, when are you going to get sick and tired of you? Because we get in our own way. Man, listen. He provided it all. I really don't understand the position of power and authority we have. Ezekiel 22. Let me explain about Ezekiel. He was, Ezekiel was a very for lack of a word, charismatic prophet. God used him, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. God used him in unusual ways. Laying on his side, naked for a while. Laying on his other side, naked for another while. You know, um, he, he used Ezekiel. He, he, Ezekiel wife, now listen to this. Ezekiel wife died. And God told Ezekiel not to grieve in front of the people of Israel over his wife. Now, some of y'all think that's cruel. Uh-uh. You know what God was saying? My people have gone so far I don't care no more. <laughs> Ezekiel was a representative of God. So here they are watching Ezekiel and say, what's wrong with him? He ain't crying. He ain't weeping. His wife just died. Then Ezekiel was opening up his mouth. He said, God is saying, y'all have treated him so bad. <laughs> that he's not crying. And even though God loved him, God said, if you don't care, I don't care. Oh, don't tell me God won't do that. Listen, God is long-suffering, but he's not forever suffering. You got me. You got me. And he had put up with them for so long. God said, oh, oh, y'all can do without me. I can do without you. Oh, oh, y'all don't want me. I don't want you. Oh, oh. So, God, God, God is a bad guy. Don't ever think, don't ever think that you can play God. We got to be, to, to, to my brothers and sisters who are trusting the Lord, don't worry about folks who do you wrong. Because the pit that they make for you, they will fall in. I know I'm right about it. I know. Be careful what you set up for other folks, because the very thing you set up for other folks, you will find yourself in the pit you dug. 
Oh, don't tell. Listen, listen, listen. The story of Esther, and even though God's name is not in it, God is all in that book. Here it is. Haman can't stand Mordecai. So here he has a gallow being built to hang Mordecai. And then by the time God got through with him, the king said, what's that I hear on the outside? Well, well, hang man got gallows being built to hang Malachi. He said, hang Malachi, take Haman out and hang him on the gallows he built for him. He's going to hang on it. Don't tell me God won't do that. He'll fight our battles because he loves us. When you trust him, when you trust him, listen, it's, it can't be about us. It's about him. But when you make it about him, he'll make it about you. <laughs> okay, let me finish up. Ezekiel, he said, listen to this. When I, when, I, when, when I first read this book, first got in the ministry, it broke my heart. Because this is the heart of God. Listen to what God said. He said, I sent my spirit and I sent it out looking for somebody who would be sensitive to my spirit. I searched all of Israel. But everybody was called up doing their own thing. <laughs> I was knocking at the door of their hearts, and nobody felt or heard me. You know, sometimes when you go, do you feel me? Do you know what God said? Do you feel me? <laughs> God, God, God said, do you feel me? Okay. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, I wanted you to touch me and touch Israel, but I couldn't even get nobody's attention to pray. He said, because, because he, said, he said, I would accept anybody, but I got nobody. Let me explain. God many times has to be asked to intervene. Because he gave dominion to Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve, by obeying the Satan, gave Satan dominion over the earth. So while we're blaming God for the way the world is, it's Satan that's doing it because it's Satan's world. And the people of the world are doing what he's telling them to do. Hold on. No, I don't want us to feel hopeless because I want you to, as priests, we have the ability to touch God and intercede for the people. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. Listen, like Aaron touched God and made intercession, God is calling us to reach up and reach out. Son, the very things you're complaining about, you ought to be praying about. Hallelujah. 
Did you know that God has given you power and authority to provoke him to make a move on the earth? Did you know that God is up to something and that he will lay on your heart what he wants to do in somebody else's life? Listen, when he had their name on their shoulders, the reason was on the shoulder because Jesus could carry the weight. Shoulders are meant to carry weight. Jesus has gotten up under your problem and he has lifted you. What he's saying is, if I have lifted you, you need to reach out and lift somebody else. I got a question. I think what God wants to do with us as high priest, he wants us to provoke him. Ah, shut your mouth. He wants us to provoke him. Y'all, I don't think y'all got it yet. I don't let you got it yet. See, what he says is, in Philippians, he said, said, worry for nothing, but in everything. With prayer and supplication, let your requests be known on the God. You know what God says? You need to start opening up your mouth and praying. Praying my will on the earth. Praying my deliverance on the earth. Praying that I touch, that I heal, that I fix, that I turn, that I fix it. Somebody needs to be praying. There's power. There's power. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm almost done. Hold on. Hold on. Then what it says is this. Now watch this. What it says is this. It says, it says, that's okay. He said, with thanksgiving. <laughs> After you pray it, now you need to water it. It's a seed in the ground. Y'all got me. See, many of us quit praying because we haven't seen it yet. But he didn't say walk by sight. He said walk by faith. Faith means you don't see it yet. But in your spirit, you know it's coming. Let me talk to somebody. There's somebody sitting in here. God done promised you something. God done said something. And it's in your spirit. In fact, you are spiritually pregnant. Folks can't see it, but you pregnant. Did you know when you're pregnant, it changes the way you walk? It changes the way you sleep? It changes how you do what you do? They tell me it changes your taste buds. That you start liking things you never like, and you start hating things you never hate. But you're pregnant. The pregnancy has a way of taking over your body. That little somebody growing in your body start taking control. Well, if you're spiritually pregnant, the Holy Ghost will begin to direct your steps. Oh, yes, he will. There ought to be some praise on your lips. There ought to be some thanksgiving on your lips. You ought to provoke God. I told you about my son thanking me before he said anything. 
I'm ashamed to say we bought him so much stuff. I had to split half of it for Christmas, and it still was too much. But you know what? It's his fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. Every time he said thank you, he provoked me. Every time he said thank you, Dad, I said he's going to get some more. Every time he prays and said, I know you're going to do it, Dad. I said, I know I am too. The list kept on getting longer and longer because he just said, listen, all he said was thank you. Like he meant it. He meant it with a smile on his face. I said, oh, he don't know what he's doing. God is waiting for you and me to provoke him. You need to provoke God. You need to give God thanks. You need to tell him thank you. You ought to say, I praise you. I worship you. I'm watering the sea. I know you're able. I know you will. And I'm waiting on it. Thank you. 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 Christ birthed you to be like him. He was pregnant with you and he birthed you to be a high priest like him. Will you take on his clothing? Yes, sir. But you got to take off the other stuff yes, sir. Yes, sir. to put him on. Yes, Power comes. Instruction comes. A sense of who you are comes. Anointing comes. He begins a dialogue with you because you put him on. Listen, he's waiting on us. It's already, he made this available. That's power. That's authority. That's honor. That's glory. That's beauty. And he's asking a question Will you walk in it? Yes, Lord. 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 Yes, Lord.